Cheers to you. Cheers, man. Thanks for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Justin Glaze from Bachelor in Paradise season eight, I believe, and runner-up from The Bachelorette. And a muralist. Let's go to the art. A muralist. Far more interesting than uh, anything sure, on Paradise. For sure. Oh, definitely, definitely more interesting. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, how's West Hollywood treating you? It's good, man. I uh, about a month and a half in at this point, so I feel like I'm starting to learn my way around slowly but surely. Yeah, because when we saw you on Bachelor in Paradise, when um, I believe her name was Eliza, came knocking down the door for you, you were still, in, still Baltimore? in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised Baltimore, so I've spent my entire life up until literally a month and a half ago in Baltimore. Um, so very different, uh, very different than the East Coast and Baltimore. WeHo is different from everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I could imagine Baltimore's probably similar to like my Northeast upbringing where there's probably less uh, I don't know, um, gay people walking around. <laughs> you know, just like a different yeah. place here culturally. Yeah. Wait, where are you from? I'm from Rhode Island. Okay. So you 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 got the crab cakes and we I've do been, the clam chowder. Yeah, yeah. So the only time I've actually been to Rhode Island, because I was doing uh, Ashley and Jared's, uh, the coffee shop. Right. Me and Andrew That's went my up old there college, and did uh, right Audrey's. There. Yeah, it's the only time I've been to Rhode Island. But it was during the winter and I've heard that I need to go back in the summer. Yes, winter sucks. Is is Providence or Newport? Newport. That's my where, that's my Newport's town. where you need to be? Yeah. Okay. That's like the Nashville of New England. I mean it's like all bachelor at parties, but it's because they enjoy the coastal kind of like vibes. Yeah. It's very like Taylor Swift has her summer home in Rhode Island. You know what I mean? It's Does like, she? Oh, yeah. She's in oh, Westerly. Wow. She's up there. That's right near where you were. But, uh, yeah, so Baltimore to West Hollywood. Welcome. I appreciate it. What, what, part, of, what part of LA are you in? I'm in east of downtown. Okay. It's um, just a little, like, traditional Mexican neighborhood. Okay. So I've always I've always been kind of like the minor, in the minority neighborhoods. Mm. From Boston, New York. I was in in Boston. I was in, a, in a, like, a Mexican neighborhood. In New York, I was in Harlem, but the area that was Dominican. Mm. And then I lived, yeah, so over in Boyle Heights, which is, like, literally the you know, it goes back hundreds of years, the communities that lived there. Wow. That's yeah. So is that by, by choice? Like you like being immersed in different culture? I like, think I was bored. Is it just kind of like, I, and, it's, and the prices are better, yeah. but like, that's not my issue. That's a greater yeah. issue, but it's like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. afford to live anywhere but Harlem when I lived in New York. Yeah. Like that was just it. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up in just like a boring white town. And so I just was, I'm always so excited to like find street food that's different. There was a, literally in my neighborhood, someone set up a sign that the Mexican culture here is the most entrepreneurial you'll ever find. Yeah. They set up a sign and they were making quesadillas in their backyard. And I was like, I'm ready to go to this like, quesadilla place. <laughs> really? And it's always like the best food you've ever had. Yeah. And it's just like, I just love that it's kind of, you know, there was the hurricane a few weeks ago. Yeah. Every taco truck was still open. They were just, That's, like, ready to go. The work you know? ethic is unmatched. Unmatched. I will say that much. Yeah. So what made you want to move to West Hollywood? Yeah, um, a couple of things. I mean, I, I love Baltimore. Have you been? I don't believe I have, no. So it's, uh, Baltimore is a great city, man. It's a, an underrated city. It's got a lot of charm. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quaint little town. Um, and I feel like I was just a bit too comfortable there, you know, like, like I said, grew up my whole life there, um, and I f didn't really feel like I could branch out and really pursue what I wanted to to the fullest degree staying there, and I wanted to be somewhere that was going to challenge me, and so I was actually between moving to Manhattan or here, Yeah. and so Andrew and I did like a, uh, like a temporary two-month stay here, just kind of feel it out, because I was like, if I'm going to make this big cross-country move, I'm going to make sure it's somewhere I want to be because I was ripping up and down you know Amtrak it's so easy to get from Baltimore to New York so I oh, yeah. what that was going to be like um, and so yeah I'm, long story short ended up out here um, I guess to that was a long way to answer but just to, to challenge myself and I already had some friends out here solid foundation so it's a good crowd out here it's a good crowd but you'll man. notice it's very far you don't get to just drive home for a family dinner or something yeah. you know what I mean that's that's the issue from the east coast is that it's so far away that's what I'm trying to figure out and I was literally talking to my mom like all right so between I mean my mom's like when can I come out when can I come out I'm like mom well, you get my furniture together first that my mom's never even considered visiting me that's really that she'll come out oh uh, she's oh, yeah no. she's she's ready mom dad grandfather they're all ready to what's come your out relationship here, with the rest of your family yeah man I tight, uh, tight family very, very, uh, I grew up very, uh, fortunate to have two incredible parents. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, not to go down like a, a rabbit hole, but off, my, down first, the rabbit hole. Take off my first season, like when, when I was on the batch, uh, bachelorette, 
um, you know, during hometowns is, you know, COVID season bubble, we were still in New Mexico and, um, you know, my parents opted not to come out and <clears throat> obviously, you know, you see crazy stuff online all the time, but saw a bunch of like crazy, nasty remarks like, oh, he's got the most unsupportive parents. Like, how could they not be there for him? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like taking everything out of me not to defend them. Um, you know, it's like one, we're not even considering the fact that it's, it's COVID. They would have had to quarantine in New Mexico for eight days. Right. They are very private people. I'm, I'm very different. Um, you know, me and I, I just did a, uh, little video with Marshall who was on Love is Wild, my cousin. Uh, and I said, me and him are probably the, the outliers in our family in terms of people that would do something like, you know, reality television, but outside of us, like, you know, come from a pretty private family. Um, and it's just not something, you know, they didn't want to be on TV, but all that to say, like my parents are the type, you know, they're definitely going to give their, their two cents, but with myself and my brother, you know, any and everything that we do, um, we've got their full support and, and love and, you know, provided everything that we could have ever imagined growing up. So, very fortunate to, to have had the upbringing that I did because I know, you know a lot of people come up that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, so do you think you were protective of them because you didn't want them to get a bad edit or something? Um, or, or was it just like, you know, not even a choice? For them to come out? Yeah. Um, they just, you know, they didn't, they, it was their choice. I would have loved to have had them out. Um, cause I wouldn't want my parents to be involved in whatever mess I'm in. Well, and, and I wouldn't trust that they get a good edit. Right. So I, I did even post show, like I carried a, a little guilt in the sense of like, you know, people will either, you know, love you, hate you, whatever. And it, you know, after the show somehow people like got my mom's phone number and like would call her and like, it was, it was weird. So, and then, you know, people would hound my brother, like, oh, like asking him a million. He's like, I don't know. I had nothing to do with the show. Like, you know, so it's, I did feel kind of guilty for immersing them to this life that they didn't ask to be immersed in. Um, but I think they would have done, I mean, they would have been fine on the show. Um, it's funny, they did a little segment instead of having them in person. Like I called them and they recorded the phone call. Um, and they said exactly what I thought they would say if they were there in person. So I wasn't worried about, you know, them you know, looking bad or whatever you want to call it. But it was just, it was totally up to them, you know, not to want to, to be on TV and not to want to quarantine and take off work for a week. Yeah, of you know? course. Everyone thinks they so, just roll the red carpet up for these TV shows. Yeah, but it's, it's like, like it's no. not benefiting them one way. No, it's like take off work for eight days for what? Yeah, no. So so I'm taking you through the hills here. I just felt like... Is this uh, Laurel Canyon? Yeah. The hills are great because it's just, this used to be where like all of the poor people live before they could figure out how to build mm. up here. You know what I mean? This was like... The, you know, the, back in the day, no one wanted to live up here. Now it's, you know, the best place yeah. in the world unless there's a wildfire or an earthquake. <laughs> uh, but um, I talked to Katie Thurston, and she said to ask you about your experience because she said a lot of the things got left out, you know, that being how much fun you guys had together. Yeah. Wait, when did you talk to her? Just half an hour ago. I said, what do you got on Justin? I said, tell me anything that I need to know. That's okay. so funny because she uh, literally just commented on one of my TikToks. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard from her. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so it, it's, um, that part was was pretty frustrating, um, you know, and I don't want to be. The, the, you're saying the edit? Like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. seeing like, oh, we had this great time and right, didn't care. Right, um, and I don't want to be that, you know, everyone complains, not everyone, but like a lot of people complain about their edit and, you know, I, again, very fortunate to you know, have the, the result that I did have holistically, but it was, it was frustrating because, you know, I think, especially when it got down to the final, you know, handful and people are wondering like, how did Justin make it here? Right. I'm like, objectively, like looking as a viewer, I'm like, I'd be wondering the same thing. So I'm not mad at you guys on Twitter for, yeah. you know, like, cause I wasn't really shown. And it was one of those things where I think because I'm a pretty, you know, level-headed dude. Right. And I didn't bring a lot of drama and chaos and like, I didn't have, this crazy story or anything. I was just a normal guy. And as cliche as it sounds, I went into it like, Hey, listen, I am going to go in and be myself. And if it works out great, if it doesn't, I'll go home and go back to my job and I'll, I'll be just fine. Right. And if you didn't have a strong connection with her. Normal usually just kind of, they're, they're like, they get that out of the way because exactly. they don't, they don't make their money off a of normal, well-adjusted people. Exactly. <laughs> correct. Correct. And so there were so many things, you know, I, I think Katie and I, our foundation was kind of built on, you know, humor and banter, but early, like very early on, I think it was literally the first group date. So, you know, I came and I gave her the painting, um, night one 
And Ma- then, major move. Yeah. Huge respect for me because most of the people, I, I assume everyone's some talentless hack uh, with a yeah. nice smile that's about to get a whole bunch of Instagram followers that yeah. they don't deserve. And then I'm like, all right, artist, we like. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. So I, I gave her I gave her the painting and then literally, you know, uh, we're prepping. For, it was a second group date and, you know, usually you're, you know, kind of meet up with your producer and you're like, okay, like, you know, do you want to talk to Katie about, like, you know, whatever tonight. Yeah. And I had an idea of, you know, kind of some, something. I didn't go into scripted. I was like, I have an idea of, you know, some things that I would ask, conversation, whatever, but I don't want to seem like a, like, robotic, like, you know, I'm, I'm just very organic, you know, fluid conversation, whatever. Um, that could have been very nice. Like, I just didn't have a strategy going into this, right? Mm-hmm. And so my producer comes up to me right before I'm about to talk to her, and he's like, actually, scrap that. Katie has something planned for you tonight. And I was like, what? So I'm like, okay. Literally, first group date, first cocktail party of the season. So I'm like, okay. So she pulls me aside. She's like, hey, I want to take you somewhere. I'm like, okay. So we go up to her suite, like literally where she was sleeping during the season, right? All right. And basically, uh, she was showing me she had hung the painting up right by her bedside. And she was like, you know, I just want to let you know how appreciative I am of this, you know, the painting. And I want, you know, it's, I can't wait to wake up to it every day and go to sleep to it every night, you know, so on and so forth. We had a really, really nice conversation um, on her sofa that night and it was just like a very very cool moment for me a because sofa conversation yeah all right <laughs> you're like so what's going on in your mind you're like oh sh-, like what's the feeling of like oh my gosh this is actually happening i'm, I'm on the bachelorette i'm the, i'm actually in the running i've made it past the initial muck of guys like, yeah like what's going on in your head i mean honestly in my head at that moment i wasn't even thinking about in terms of the show right i was Honestly, my first thought was like, wow, this woman has, at this point, what, 20-something guys, you know, after the first night, and she was selfless enough and thoughtful enough to already make a gesture like this when she doesn't owe me anything, Mm -hmm. right? And that really stood out to me because I was like, it didn't feel like she was just like being the bachelorette and kind of like checking the boxes and just, you know, like selflessness and thoughtfulness is a quality that I look for and it's kind of hard to come by. And so for her to show that, to me that early on in this setting where she's got 20 other guys where she doesn't have to at this point, you know, um, that stood out. So I was like, wow, that's first. And two, I'm like, I'm really in her room right now. Like, (laughs) it's like night two. I'm like, all right. Those are like the psychological things that it's like, it's just a room, but it's like, I'm like, this is the best. Wait, you sleep here? And all of a sudden you're like, oh boy, I need some banaca. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then I mean, we just had a ton of moments where, you know, we, you could see the connection, right? And like, to your point, there's a reason why I made it as far as I did. Um, you know, even my, my one-on-one, it was like that weird wedding date. There was a whole segment to that, um, that was cut out literally like hours of that date were cut out. Um, a lot of the hometown stuff was cut out during my hometown. Speaking of Baltimore, I, um, uh, one of my favorite things to do back home is go to speakeasies. I love speakeasies. Okay. And so there's one back home that the set crew, actually, they went crazy on it. And they redesigned this room at the resort in New Mexico and made it sort of like a speakeasy. Oh, wow. And it was kind of, it was Edgar Allan Poe themed. Um, and so I was kind of like, you know, talking to her about the Ravens and how Ravens got their namesake from, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, Poe's poem, The Raven. And you know, her and I wrote each other like these super nice poems and there's like teary eyes. Is this your first date thing when you, you start bringing Edgar Allan Poe in? No! I like, I like your game. I, <laughs> I was like, oh wait, you're next level. You're not it's, just... It's the yeah. it's the artistry in me, man. Yeah, for uh, sure. I love, I'm, I love stuff that I feel like a lot of guys just like aren't like, not to generalize, but like aren't really into. Um, how did that come about? Like, how did you, how did you um, notice like, oh, this isn't normal that uh, I'm reciting Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, um, honestly... I don't know where it comes from because, I mean, my mom, my mom was a uh, grade school teacher. Um, I had a couple of teachers in my family, so literature was kind of always there. But the artistic side, literally nobody in my family uh, <laughs> touches a paintbrush. I don't know okay. where that Any other from. art? Any singers or any, any no. musicians? No, no singers, yeah, no so, musicians. Okay, so then how did, how did art... How did you get your first realization or support that you had like an artist eye? Yeah, and uh, so another shout out to my mom here. So I was probably, how old are you when you're in first grade? Maybe like six, six, right? So I think I was maybe in first grade and I would just draw stuff at home. I would draw stuff for my family members. And, you know, every mother is like, oh my God, my child's amazing, right? But my mom was like, and I don't know how you can decipher 
one six-year-old's art from another six-year-old's. At that point, I think scribbles are scribbles, but maybe mine were a little uh, elevated, more elevated than scribbles. I don't know. But anyway, my mom took some of my drawings because she was like, I think my son's pretty talented. And she took them into her school art teacher. Oh, okay. And she was like, hey, like, I know it's my son, so I think he, like, he's the best. But like, look at his drawings. And Wait, the school she worked at? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, okay. so her art teacher at, at the school she worked at. And the art teacher was like, how old is he? And she was like, six. And the art teacher was like, uh, we need to get him into some some advanced programs. So I got this scholarship through MICA, which is Maryland Institute College of Art, <laughs> at like six years old, and was doing these special programs. And it's just something that I always you know stuck with since then. But my uh, my earliest artist memory or you know work of art, whatever, I was probably five or six years old. My grandfather had taken a trip to Egypt, and he came back. And he's showing me the pictures, you know, of the pyramids. And I had no clue what a sphinx or hieroglyphics, none of that stuff was, right? I had this piece of paper. I'm just listening to him tell me about the trip, looking at the pictures, and I'm just drawn away, mm. right? And he's still got that picture in his office to this day. Actually, it's funny. He called me the other day because he moved uh, back to Baltimore to be closer to family. He still has the drawing, and he took it to the print shop that I go to to blow it up. And, oh, like, actually, nice. like, matted and frame it in his office and stuff. But What a great memory. Yeah, yeah. But I've just been just drawing and, and painting since as long as I can remember. You know, I don't, I don't have kids, but I'm interested in how not to fuck my kids up when I do have them. And I heard that you're supposed to not affirm their, like, success, but affirm their effort. So as if you say, oh, you were great, you got first place, then you're only going to always want to get first versus yeah. you were great, you worked really hard. And I okay. feel like with art, it's about encouraging your kid to keep on wanting to do it yeah. because that's more important than winning an award with it or, you know, because that's all 100%. subjective. And as humans, we try to like rank things. Yeah. But like what, what was really important is just continuing to do it if you like it. So did you, did, did you, were you able to like feed off of those affirmations? Was that what kept you... Uh, um, I, I think it's a combination, right? Because I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I think it's it, for me, it wasn't so much about, you know, winning these art competitions and the affirmations from my parents and my art teachers. Like he's so talented. This like, that's great. Right. And I'm very appreciative. I don't take compliments. I was like, I like, I kind of get awkward. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. But for me, I'd like to think even if I was like ass at art, I would still do it because something that's therapeutic for me. It's enjoyable. It's it's a release for me, right? And so I think to your point, even if, you know, your future children, if it's something that they pursue and they're, you know, they're not the greatest, but it brings them joy, it brings them happiness, and it's something, it's an outlet for them, then by all means, they should continue to do it, right? Yeah. And I think that goes for, for anything. You don't have to be the best, but if it brings value to your life, then... Yeah, pursue it to the fullest. My brother's in college studying art, and uh, my his, his my great my grandmother was a had a double PhD in art history. Oh wow! And so there there's a side of my family that's really appreciative of art, and I just tell him keep on doing what you love to do, and don't let the resistance and the perfection and all these yeah. things get in the way because you know it's so hard to start things when you have a passion for it because you want it to be perfect. It's like get dip the paintbrush in the brush mm -hmm. and put and start doing something. I yep. always tell people because, you know, and when you start at such a young age, you, you already have built those like neuro pathways to do it. Mm -hmm. And so many people want to start something, but they don't even know where to begin. Right. So how old were you when you sold, when you sold your first piece of art? Oh, um, I think I, I didn't start selling art until probably like my senior year of high school, freshman year of college. And it's crazy. It's one of those things where, you know, it started off with just like friends and family that would want mm -hmm. a drawing of whatever. Right. And I had, it's always such an awkward conversation for me. It still is to this day, but even back then where it's like, okay, this is something that's always been a hobby for me, but now something I could make a little bit of money off of. And I had no clue what to charge for artwork. Yeah. I'm like, I have no clue. And so I was giving away like some pretty good art for not a lot of money. I'm like, Dang. And my cousin, actually, who um, uh, she's in, she's more on like the digital art side. So I, I lied. Um, she's probably the closest person in my family that's, you know, in, in the arts, but she's more graphic design. Mm -hmm. um, she was like, you need to start charging more for your artwork. And I'm like, well, it's an awkward conversation because I'm the type where I'm like, if I've got a friend and they want, you know, me to do a graphite drawing of their grandfather that just passed 
I know they're in college. They probably don't have a lot of money. Like I'm not like yeah, I want to yeah, do yeah. it for them, you know. And so I would have a tough time balancing, you know, the the business and friendship relationship. Right. Um, and it changes. Like if if Target tough. wants you to do something, you're gonna right. be, you're like, all right, Target's got money. Yeah, exactly. The price exactly. just went up. And you did a mural for Target. Right? Uh, so I did it. I did a mural for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Ravens. Sorry, Where, I don't tar- know why Target. Yeah, Target was just um, like a regular Christmas. Got you. Oh, got you. Got you. So, so how did how did you go from drawing graphite things to murals? Because that's obviously a much larger. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. That uh, that Ravens mural was actually the biggest thing that I've done to to date. But um, I imposter syndrome with it. When you get the job, you're like, oh, jeez, now I got to deliver. Basically, I'm like, I had the opportunity, and I'm just like, okay, I can either tell them that yeah, I've done this before, right? Or I can be like, I've never done it and like lose the opportunity. But I'm like, you know what? I believe in myself and just like, screw it. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out. That's like being on Katie Thurston's couch. You're like, all right, don't fuck this I don't up. know what I'm doing here, I'm but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I give you the check beforehand and you're like, all yeah, right. I guess exactly. Well, yeah, that means I always say leap in the net will appear. And yeah. it, it, sometimes you just have to believe in yourself. Yeah. And, or other, uh, who's going to give you a check if you don't believe in yourself. Yeah, exactly. So um, what's the process like with that? Do you, do you have a, oof. do they give you a budget to like, I don't know. I don't know what it takes. I, I've seen people do murals where they're in a, one of those bucket ladders and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Are you on a... Right. So I haven't ventured. To, yeah. So basically the way it worked, and I honestly, I think my experience was it went as smooth as, as it possibly could because... I've in talking, you know, and just in doing some other commission stuff and talking to other large scale artists, like I know the process is not typically this smooth, but basically I'm kind of in with the Ravens organization just because, you know, they saw me on the show, they know I'm a diehard fan. So I've gotten, kind of gotten uh, connected with them, which has been, a, which has been a dream come true. And so they re-signed a 10 year partnership with Coca-Cola and they reached out to me. They were like, Hey, we know you're an artist, don't know if you do murals, but want to know if you'd be interested in doing a mural for the stadium. And of course, I'm like, uh, hell yeah. Again, I'm like, I've never done a mural, <laughs> yeah. so I am not qualified. You facial. Yeah, we can make I'm that like, happen. Yeah. Let me check my schedule. Literally, literally I'm like, mm, okay, let's see. Um, and it's one of those things, man, where they could have told me the budget was 10 bucks. I would have done it just because it's like, maybe not 10 bucks, but well, yeah, you know but sometimes I mean? but it's there's like, money to be made after. Exactly. That. I mean, this is a and portfolio like, item. Basically I would have done it for whatever. Right. Because this is what you tell them afterwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like just so you guys but know. We would have done this for way less. <laughs> right. 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 Um, because it, I mean, just working with the Ravens doing, you know, it was a new experience for me doing something that large of a scale. It's something that's going to be in the stadium for at least 10 years now. Like, it, you know, it's, you can't beat it. And so basically they came to me and I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's the vision? And they were like, uh, we don't really know. We're leaning on you for that, which is a bit atypical because sometimes they want some structure. They want some, a lot of times the best client, they, the Ravens and Coca-Cola were the ideal client because they were like, we want rate. Like they sent me their, uh, like the brand guys for the Ravens and Coca-Cola. So like, Hey, incorporate some Ravens elements, incorporate Coca-Cola elements. Here's our, you know, our colors and branding and look, whatever. Other than that, you bring the vision to life of how you would combine the Ravens, Baltimore's culture, and Coca-Cola. Great. I'm like, say no more. So typically with large projects like this, you're submitting at least three concepts, um, you know, three different sketches, and then they'll kind of narrow it down to one or two, fine tune some things, whatever. I literally went to my room, like sat for a, a good while, Googled some stuff, got some reference images, literally just, I, whenever I do a new piece, I literally will just sit and stare at the blank canvas for a long, like a long time. Yeah. Just bringing, trying to envision what that's going to look like. That's part of the work though. It is. If you, if you're, if you have the blank canvas and you're scrolling TikTok, your brain's consuming. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're staring at that blank canvas, you're inside your head is going, oh, what are we going to do here? And no, then literally like pulling jukebox items. So I have a, I have a, uh, tattoo actually it's a michelangelo quote it says i saw the angel in the marble and carved until i set him free and so that's derived from his sculpting of the statue of david so basically what he's saying is i saw the angel in the marble and carved until i set him free right so he's just sitting here staring at this block of marble right Mm -hmm. and he's envisioning what that final piece is going to look like and he's carving away through your artistic process right whatever it may be by the end, when you're finished, you're bringing that piece to life, right? Yes. Set him free. And so that's what I'll literally do. I'll just sit there and just envision, map stuff out in my head, and then I'll go to work. And so that's kind of what I did. 
and I sketched out, you know, I had, I had one, one sketch, uh, sent it to them. They made maybe one tweak, like, oh, let's just change the colors here, here. Other than that, we love it. I'm like, okay, perfect. And so then, uh, they had me set up in this warehouse, uh, for a couple weeks and I would just go in there every day and, and paint. Um, it took a long time. I think that's one of the, like the most misunderstood things is that like the amount of time that it takes to, Oh yeah. To paint and, and make art. Um, like a lot of people and I, and I get it. Like if you're not, if you don't do it, like you, you don't really have an appreciation for it, but like it takes a long time. So I probably, the mural was five feet by 10 feet. It probably took me like three weeks, three and a half weeks, like every day, like, like, eight to six wow in there um that's incredible good for you yeah. man that's wild Thank you. yeah it was... no because it's i owe every comment i get on this new series we do it's oh my gosh i didn't know this about that person it's like yeah of course the show bachelor isn't to highlight you it's right. to it's to promote a very niche thing that it's doing mm-hmm. but all the contestants they can't possibly tell the story like we've probably talked more than the amount of time you were on the whole absolutely that's how it works right yeah, yeah, yeah. so that you come back on bachelor in paradise and you know they, they it's just you're it's not giving the the full who you are yeah um so what? So what? What are you doing with art now? And what else are you doing creative? And obviously, I got the you're the final in, uh, in uh, Infinity Stone. What's it called Infinity Stone here? I got you, Andrew, and oh, Susie. the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. So yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I go to heaven now. I guess. I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's funny actually. I um, art has always just been kind of like a passion, like a hobby thing. Like my whole professional career and background has been in finance. Um, so a lot of people thought I was like a full-time artist on the show, but it's just always something I've done for fun. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'll never say never, but people are always like, well, why don't you do it full-time? And it's because I enjoy doing it when I want to do it. And the minute it becomes a job, sometimes it, it takes that joy out of it. Right. Um, now if the right opportunities continue to come along, like, sure. Like, you know, you never know, like from the Ravens, right? Like the, the Green Bay Packers hit me up. They're like, Hey, we would love for you to do something for you know, the uh, title town, like our tailgating spot and, and fan loyalty. You're like, fuck I'm like, <laughs> but Give how much <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. I'm like, sorry, Ravens, you guys get it. Right. Um, but yeah, you never know what opportunities, you know, come from it. So, um, you know, I'm continuing to, to, to paint, um, do cool stuff like that. But creatively, honestly, being around Susie, um, who's such a talented photographer and videographer, she's getting me more into kind of like, the aesthetic side of photography and videography. Like I, you know, so some of the, the content stuff that I'm like, I make a lot of espresso martini and cocktail stuff. Right. So just learning from her of like how to make uh, aesthetically pleasing video um, has been really cool. So it's a great, it's a great sort of butting of heads that you guys all have. How did your friendship with Susie begin and how long have you been dating for? Cause on my audience, <laughs> did you ask Andrew the same question? Yes. <laughs> I want to know who's getting drunk and throwing hands around and seeing if we're still friends. Listen, I'm, I'm letting Andrew and Susie's relationship flourish. I'm the supportive friend. Okay. That's the one you got to worry about. Yeah. You're just over there with your Michelangelo quotes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just quoting Michelangelo and Edgar Allan Poe. By the way, way, you're so cool to have Michelangelo. I've got, I dated a girl who had Mumford and Sons quotes on her ribs. Okay, that's Where'd a hard. Where did you find her? New York City. Was that in the Bronx? <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like Mumford and Sons. That's a very specific time period. It's so that specific. Tattoo. That was a very short-lived, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But um, no, you guys. I mean, you guys are doing good work. I, I bounce a lot of ideas off of Susie because mm-hmm. I think she like she's she's an amazing on person. YouTube and she's doing so much and. It's fun to just to see, see the people that are out there creating in their own way because not everyone who goes on the show can. Yeah. Now, you mentioned obviously not wanting to commodify your art, which is the most obvious thing any artist will say. It's like, I don't want to, like with stand-up comedians, it's like, you just don't want to like charge. You just want to do it, you know? Yeah. I think Jelly Roll, the musician, just said he doesn't charge for the show. He charges for the 23 hours he's not on stage. Mm. So it's like he, he charges to live the lifestyle he lives mm-hmm. so that he can perform because mm-hmm. the performance is the reward yeah. for the co- the comedian, the artist, the musician, whatever it is. That's a, a war. That's what you like to do. But, you know, you know, you got to fund that sometimes. Yeah. So you uh, worked in investment banking. Yeah. How do you juggle that side of the brain, which is probably people that aren't that creative? Like, mm-hmm. like how, was that a safety net thing? Absolutely. Um, it's something, you know, that 
I was good at. I had to kind of force myself to <laughs> enjoy it and be good at, but it was never like a passion of mine, right? Like I don't wake up and, you know, study stocks and, you know, different charts and stuff like that. That's never been, you know, my, my true passion. It's something that early on through uh, a mentor of mine in college kind of steered me in that direction. I was like, okay, like this is interesting. Like it's always been interesting to me, but not a true passion of mine, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I, I'd say it was, it was a bit of a safety net. Um, and it's tough to balance the two worlds because that side of my life doesn't care about this side, right, you know? Right. And it's like, well, this is what's fulfilling me. Like, this is what I enjoy doing, but like, this is kind of what I have to do. And so, you know, part of the reason, a fraction of me moving out here is like, okay, being surrounded by so many creatives and people that are just like killing it, you know, is there a world where I can take that fully creative side and make that my... Yeah, it raises the bar Yeah, to be like, all right, people are hustling out here. Yeah, um, I always felt that way about New York City and uh, living here. Uh, you know, it's just like ever you think you're working hard and you see someone else. And the working hard doesn't mean sweating and stressing out, but like the consistent amount of effort people are putting into their dream. Yeah. I think it's very it's inspiring. Yeah. Out here. And it comes in so many different ways. You see it in so many different ways. Yeah. Now, are you would you consider yourself a sensitive type? Um in some ways well like in what way well so i've had to deal with my own being mischaracterized and it chews me apart yeah. when you joined bachelorette uh like most people they dig up your past mm -hmm. things like that and people want to judge you 100 percent online it never happens in person but people want to sure. judge you for who you might have been not who you are mm -hmm. and i come from a very like i said before kind of like i don't know uh, Rhode Island rural upbringing where you say words that you no longer say and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah. so, um, what, what's that feel like being mischaracterized mm -hmm. for like, you know, in other, any other scenario, you would just learn to move on and mm -hmm. be, you know, all, all that. Yeah. I'd say, honestly, I, I try to look for the silver lining and everything. And <clears throat> One of the best things that this show has done for me is allowed me to have the ability to kind of care a lot less what other people think about me. Because prior to this, you know, putting myself on national television, I wouldn't say I was a people pleaser, but I, I very much so cared about people's opinions and what they thought of me. And just always, I'm just like a perfectionist and just always tried to be somebody that, that people appreciate and enjoy being around and just do everything right. And nobody's perfect. Right. And so, you know, when you put yourself out there like that, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, and I told Marshall this, um, 99.9% .9 of the population could love you, but that 0.1 is still going to find something to try to tear you down for something to pick, pick at. You're never going to make everybody love you. you know, so you think going on the show burned that feeling off? Yeah. As far you as know, like, and I'd be lying if I say like, you still don't care what people think, but it's like, it doesn't affect me to the degree that it did because here's the thing, you know, we've all made mistakes in our past. Right. And so, for me, it's like, you know, for <clears throat> mistakes that I made in middle school, right? I would hate to be characterized as that still to this day as a 29-year-old man, right? Right. And, and and by the way, we're just talking about tweets and words here. We're just yeah. talking about the yeah, yeah, culture yeah. of like not knowing what's appropriate to say and what's not. That's all. Right. And, and, it's, and it's, that's it, what you just learned growing up as a kid, trying to impress your friends and all that. Yeah. And, and it was tough because, you know obviously like apologize for it. it's super insensitive and it's almost like good to, it's great to see how far we've come as like a society where now we know that in 2023 like using slur words like that like aren't appropriate right, right. but it's like in 2008 twitter was a war zone like people were saying the most reckless things on and twitter and you don't have to not, go that far back like, but yeah you're right oh, mean, yeah, yeah. You, you just don't and it's not it's not something that means you're uh, not apologetic towards it. It's just like yeah. so, some people just don't, they don't want to pretend like they, they, they existed in this world. You know? Yeah, and it, it's, it, it blows my mind. Like sometimes 
I wish I could see like <laughs> what, like, what other people have said. Literally, I'm like the people yeah. that, are, that are like throwing well, the stones, it's right? Anonymous. It's like, hmm, what were you? What, let's let's dig up your social media. I always for, say that. You know, and, and so many people don't realize what you know. Once they get their own Twitter search, and you can like type in words. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I had no idea. And it's like that's the point. Right. That's and, called progress. And, and, and it's right. It's crazy because people were like, well, why wouldn't they? Like they know they're going on a show. Like why wouldn't they delete their tweets? I'm like, I gave myself too much credit, I guess, because I know I would never say like <laughs> right. you know any of these things now and like i don't use twitter that much so it didn't even dawn on me to like go back and do a full scrubbing so i'm like oh like my parents have always raised you know me like hey you know what you say you know and put out there on the internet like lives forever whatever clearly i wasn't taking their advice in seventh grade um but you know as i got older i'm like oh like i don't even curse like you know i don't curse on the internet like do anything like that um and so i just i gave myself more credit than than i should have i guess but yeah um, so what? So what was it like with Marshall? With um, uh, uh, knowing he was going to go on uh, the Netflix dating show Love Is Blind. What was it mm-hmm. like? Uh, like uh, uh, comparing notes and all of that. Did he talk before he went on? Yeah. So when he was first starting to get hit up by the casting producers about it, um, he was like, he didn't even know what the show. He doesn't. He didn't really. He watched my season because I'm his cousin. But other than that, he was not a reality TV person, so he didn't know what this show was. I was like, oh, well, it's a pretty popular show. Um, and so he was like asking me what I thought about it. And, you know, I tried to get, I was like, listen, everything that I'm saying, take a take it with a grain of salt because your life is different than mine. Different show, different, different show. World. Yeah. I'm like, this is just my experience and take with that what you will. Um, and so it's one of those things where, you know, I straight up told him like, I, I could not do a show like love is blind. Um, but he is very much so like the hopeless romantic type. So it made sense for him. Yeah. Um, and so once he decided that he was going to do it, you know, even coming off the show, because I was actually supposed to um, be in his wedding on the show, and I had gotten the sign off from ABC because I was going to be, because um, I, I was supposed to be a groomsman in the wedding, and they fly to paradise like five days later. Um, so they had to sign off on me being on another network, obviously. But then he called me a couple of days before. I was like, yeah, we called it quits. <laughs> uh, like, man, I got my tux. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously, I don't know if people know this, but when you go... Uh, when love is blind you have your phone with you like you go back into you know real world and so i was catching up with him he was feeling me in every step of the way about this thing and so afterwards he kind of told me how the whole thing went down and i was like well america's gonna love you i was like but you know it's, it, he would ask me things like well like you know should i should i quit my job should I do? i'm like hey listen like again this is take it with a grain of salt yeah. i was like a lot of people do i didn't you know, I went back to work because I was like, this, it depends on what you do with the moment, but the social media stuff can be very fleeting. And it's like, you got your moment, then it's gone. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. So I was like, pump the brakes, like, you know, be, be realistic about it. So I just offered my, my advice, my insight from my experience, but I knew his was going to be totally different. Um, it is a weird world but, where people go, oh, so-and-so is just going on this for fame or whatever. But if you can get opportunities, after being on a show, who wouldn't want to take them? Yeah. Who, I mean, if they can further your life or creative pursuits or whatever. And it's just some, some people don't know what opportunities they want. Now you had an opportunity. um, Well, I don't know if it's an opportunity, but you had mentioned earlier, uh, Micah was the name of an art school. Is that what you said? Yeah, M-I-C-A, yeah. Micah is also the name of a cast member from Love is Blind that you were photographed with. (laughs) Am I pronouncing that name right? So I'm making these connections here. Is that did not, I did not see that coming. Yeah, that's that's how you pronounce it. Okay, so there you go. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, we're friends. Uh, you know, obviously Marshall introduced us. Uh, all hung out together in Seattle. So. I like in my single days here. I liked to date around and not put too much stock into one thing. But that must be very hard because I think that's just a good way in today's world to do it. You know, not not lying and just like yeah, every, every casual dating until something takes root and then the other things yeah, can yeah. dissipate. But that's gonna be hard when people can just take a photo of you and wonder, you know, they're like, I, I mean, are they blowing up your spot here? Who? Just the, the, pe- the internet that's like oh, speculating about who you're dating. It's so funny because, I mean, it's not even like blowing up my spot. I think it's kind of funny to sit back and like when people speculate because we're literally like, we're we're cool we're friends like it's it was literally nothing and then the minute you're like it's like a photo it's like could people not like is it so far-fetched that we're all together and yeah. i'm in seattle visiting marshall and they're friends from the different same show. subreddits it's like, love is blind and bachelor yeah, literally it's diagram. Like, it's, it's would you funny. date would you prefer to date someone who has shared a similar experience as you in this reality world or somebody who's a pedestrian 
Um, I honestly have no preference. Um, my only experience fully dating someone has been more pedestrian, and that was after my bachelorette season, before I did Paradise. Um, and there's a lot of pros and cons to that. Um, you know, I it people don't understand, but it makes sense why people date within this you know, ecos, whatever you want to yeah. call it, the, you know, because it's a shared experience and you get it. You know, I was dating someone um, who had no, you know, experience with this world. And it was tough because it was, you know, for instance, when I was uh, prepping to do, to do the Bachelor Live on stage thing, right? So I'm doing these podcasts and I'm like, hey, listen, like, out of respect, I want to have this conversation, like, but, I, you know, I kind of have to do this show where it's, like, not serious, but, like, I'm the bachelor. Get, yeah, right. come on stage and, and pitch themselves Exactly. To like, and I'm like, I don't want to disrespect you, but how do you feel about this? And it was, like, very hard for her to kind of understand that, like, I'm getting paid to do this. I have yeah, to kind of perform. Yeah, you have to be very secure in yourself. Yeah, and, and, there'd be a, and I could do as much as I can to reassure you and give, you know, all the affirmations in the world, but there's some stuff that is out of my control. Like, she would go on her Explore page and there's pictures of me and other bachelor, you know, girls that people are shipping. Like, oh, we want to mm. see Justin and so-and-so. I'm like, I can't control. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, and those things would just annoy so her. So this and was I'm a like, specific, this was a specific relationship that they, she, she couldn't quite understand fully the world. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you were dating somebody who's in this world, it's like the same thing's happening to them. Yeah. So they get it. And that's what it comes you know? down to is like, it's hard to empathize with the situation you have no you've never been in and that's why my dad would go back to vietnam every year yeah. because he was in the war and yeah. he just that they understood what they all yeah. went through yeah and i'm not to you know not to be sensitive <laughs> and, and related to war that but it, it is war. a level of uh of um you know a bond that you have yeah did you and andrew form the bond on katie's season or was it afterwards um yeah after katie's season um it's funny uh beginning beginning of that season we didn't think each other liked each other. <laughs> so Wait, you, you both Andrew didn't think other. I liked him, and I didn't think he liked me. Oh, funny. At the beginning of Katie's season, um, you guys were contenders, so yeah. there was that like unspoken rivalry there. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we would all like early on in the season kind of talk about how our dates and stuff were going, and then when it got to like the end, we're like, all right, we're not even going to talk about her or what we're yeah, doing. Just like, it was a yeah. Um, so we got close after I'd say after our season. How um, would you have proposed? Were you like, was that like a serious thought in your head? Um, not really because it, it was to a certain point. And then I started having some doubts again because I'm a, I'm a realist. So leading, <laughs> like I'm too You're much like, of a realist. I looked at the stats. Yeah. So I'd say like after my hometown, I was like, yeah, like I could see myself doing this. Right. And you know, my parents are, cause I was telling them like how amazing she was. And so obviously they're not there. So I'm like, take my word for it. Like, trust me. Like I, like I know what I'm doing. Um, or so I thought I did, but, um, after hometowns, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And then once <clears throat> two guys left and it was just me and Blake, that's when the doubt started to creep in. Cause I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Serious real fast. Yeah. But not, not only that, it's like, and I don't even know if I, I don't even, I don't know if I can say this, but I, I will anyway, but I'm literally singing ITMs with, you know, ITMs, um, yeah, with the producers after it's just me and Blake and they're like, so how do you feel? You know, it's just you and Blake. You're that much closer to getting your girl proposal coming up. I'm like, hey guys, listen. I was like, I don't know if you're trying to like patronize me, patronize me, but like I don't feel great. Two guys just self eliminated. I was like, so I'm here by default. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, you're not. You sound insecure. I'm like, how do I sound? I'm like, it's a fact. Yeah. Two guys left, so I'm here. I was like, this would be a totally different story. If she said, Justin, will you accept this rose? It's like um speed uh a speed ice skating. When ever when the last person wins because everyone else wins. Oh, uh, and then out. everyone, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Not that you were last, but you don't know if you were first you, because the two people that left, you don't know where you stood. I'm literally as I'm telling as I'm telling the story, I'm gonna bring up a picture of what you just said. Um, so I I'm. Uh, I mean, it's so funny that while you bring that up, the visuals between the painting you gave Katie versus the painting Blake gave her, which is <laughs> just a jizz very, splash. Very as... different. Yeah, I was sitting right next to him when he did it. You're like, the yeah, it's literally. Oh, there it is. This... <laughs> literally, the speed skating. Can you show it to that, this? Yeah. So yeah. I think. Uh, put, it, put it in front of that. I think this is what you're referring to. That's funny. Yeah. 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 Um, that's the world of dating, my guy. But, but it's like. I've been there at 2 a.m. being like, I'm still. 
here at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like that's when the doubts crept. Because I'm like, okay, like I'm not gonna propose to somebody that I don't even know if they like I would have been here right. had it not been for those two guys leaving. So you know, here I got the producers in my ear, like you're insecure. Then I'm like, would she have picked me anyway? And you know, I'm like, okay, well at this point, I got a lot of questions to ask because this isn't. At this point for me, this is no longer Justin trying to sell himself to Katie. If this is actually going to be a real thing, like, I got some questions I need to ask as well mm-hmm. to see if this is going to work. And they didn't like that answer either. You know, because yeah. they, like, from a producer standpoint, it's like, oh, my God, like, I love her so much. And it's just like, I'm a real, I'm like, she's got to win me over, too, at this point. If this, if, if we're getting engaged, yeah, we both got to be sure about this. Right. And I had my questions to ask. And, you know, obviously never got what, to that point. What did but, you want to add? Like, what was the overarching thing that you were not, that you needed information on? Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest things for me, and it's, you know, even in watching, you know, charity season, I wish her and Dotton all the best. You know, Dotton um, frequently would talk about how easy things have been and how effortless and how, you know, it's like cloud nine. And, and for me, and maybe this isn't the right way to look at relationships, but I kind of get worried if there's been no adversity because that's been a big thing for me in relationships how and how we deal with adversity right and so we've been you know on this journey for however many weeks it was at this point and like me and katie got along everything was great no one's heading off to work no one's doing all these things that get in the way yeah yeah so, family member's sick and you gotta see if your nothing support and you. so that was the toughest part for me because i'm like that's huge and we don't get to experience that. So Not what, that I'm going to so, pick a fight with you, but yeah. I'm like, what, what are your thoughts? So it like? wasn't necessarily something that Katie had done. It was just was the fact that you guys hadn't been in that situation. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like real life stuff that I would want to know. Yeah. Um, and that's just how my brain works. Like that's, again, just being a realist, That's those are things that I think about that they probably don't want you to care about or think about when you're right. at that that doesn't the, benefit them at no. all to have those. Those are not the award-winning conversations they want. Hence them clipping you out. <laughs> yeah, like, like, we got to paint you over. Literally, literally. But those are like, that's that's just how I think. That's how I operate. So what's your strategy for dating now? Um, are you on Raya? Are you Pray. just... No. And, and and also, when you're at the bar, you're probably pretty recognizable. Is it attractive if a girl Mm-mm. approaches you? Mm-mm. No. So I'm not on any dating apps. And two... Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome when people come up and, and talk and ask for pictures and I, like, I think it's amazing. I'm always super friendly to anyone that approaches. Um, I think there's a way to approach where I'm either going to kind of categorize like, okay, like, I don't know if fans are like, you know, but if somebody's like, oh my God, I'm like, okay, this isn't somebody that I'm going to date because, because you know, that's, that's too much. Yeah, of it's, like, it's like, okay, play it cool. Right. It's like, cause the biggest thing for me is like, do you want to date me? to get to know who I am or just be like, oh, I'm, you know, dating Justin for like, what, like, not that I'm that cool, but it's like, do you care about who I am? You know, I, I almost prefer the people who don't know who I am, who don't give a shit about the show. Like and I, yeah. And I can, and I can kind of decipher the, the people that do know and don't know. And so I tend to stray towards the ones that don't really care mm-hmm. or don't know. Um, actually I was, I was dating, I was, I went on a date with, um, Somebody who was like, you know, to to your point, like, do you stay in this in this you know realm of of girls or more pedestrian? And it's like one of those things where it was like somebody that's not in reality TV went on a couple of dates, and you know we um, were out, and people were like asking for pictures and stuff like that, and I'm like making conversation, and come to find out later, she's like, yeah, I don't know if I could deal with that. I'm just like. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, I got to be a nice guy. You can't, I mean. But so, some people just don't, like, they can't stand that. I'm we like, were at brunch in New York with Pilot Pete. In the second one person wants a photo, then the whole bar knows yeah. who that person is. And you kind of lose that radar. Yeah. Like, being under the radar. And I always like with, when, when, with, I'm a sm- I'm, I have a very niche following. Yeah. So it's probably only once a week that someone on the street is mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, how are you? And whatever. And I'm like, I live off of those yeah. people. I need them. Yeah. They, they consume my content. They buy tickets and all that. Yep. So, like, my wife knows, like, hands down, like, this is so important that we that give people that time. Up, yeah. But if I was a hundred times or like what is super famous that that would pro- that would burn off real fast where it's mm-hmm. like, I got to protect my family. And you're in kind of that in between yeah. zone where um, can you be with someone who can, understand that you have to live in this parasocial world yeah. where these people are going to support yeah. you. Yeah. They might buy your art. They might buy exactly. sub- subscribe to a podcast you do or whatever. Yep. Like it's yep. 
It's got to be a challenge. And the last thing I want is for people to be like, oh, yeah, he comes off as so nice, but in person he's a dick. And it's just like, you know, so I'm, that's never going to be me. And so, yeah, it's just tough to find somebody who understands that. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's it's interesting. So where are you on the scale of single? Are you 100% single? Or are you... No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's an honest answer. That's pretty single. I wish I wish that wasn't the case. Are you looking, um, are you like, are you looking to... Do you want to be married and have kids? Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely, yeah. yeah. You're still at Woody in your 20s still, right? I'm 29. 20, oh, yeah. That's... Man, you got time. I don't you got know, time. Man. I never You're thought, West Hollywood. I never thought yeah. I'd be a timeline guy, but I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. There's, there. a, there's a nice thing. Like, there was, it's funny. I was in the airplane yesterday, and there's a mom with her baby, and I was like, I want one of those. Yeah. And then and then to the left on the other side of the aisle was the dad with the two other kids, and they were just like three and four years old punching uh, each other. Uh, I was like, oh, my God. Mm, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so, like, we go back and forth on it, but it's, um, it is funny how, like, the... You, you kind of burn through different levels of life and you go, well, it, it was nice. I'm 38. It was nice when I was in my 20s, dating around, having these fun moments. But I was also exhausted, hungover, all these yeah. things. It's just not sustainable. You kind of just burn, exactly. that, burn that off. Then you appreciate it when you see, you know, I'll be driving around. You see some, like, guy doing a walk of shame. You're like, my guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah my guy. I probably yeah. get more excited when I hear of friends that are, like, you know, took down some, you yeah. know, had some date or whatever. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. But I'm also going to go Living by cares. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, been there, done that. How long have you been married for? Just got married, oh, 10 months. Oh, so we got married oh in the fall. fresh. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Got engaged wow. before the pandemic. Okay. And took the longest time getting engaged because I was just like broke. Yeah, yeah. I was like super broke until my YouTube took off. Uh-huh. And then I actually got engaged before my YouTube took off. And then everything just kind of like... Uh, I mean, it, they always do say when you get married and when you have kids, you have this like ju- like this jump of luck. Uh, but I was like, you know, t- years into stand up, multiple side gigs, just mm-hmm. barely scraping by. And I couldn't, the resistance of knowing how expensive all these oh next steps God, would yeah. be. But as soon as I put my mind to it, it all kind of like worked out. I mean, Time we actually crazy. had, my wife and I had done this shoot years ago that got me out of debt. It was a shoot for Royal Caribbean. We both got paid 10 grand. Mm. I've never done a print job before, but because of her, I did it. I was like the blurry guy in the back of every <laughs> photo. It was super, but it was a week long shoot in, in Mexico. And we stayed at a couple different resorts, whatever. And that was years ago. That got me out of debt. And um, right before the wedding, we found out they were going to renew the prints. And we both got paid the 10 grand again. What? And that didn't quite cover the cost of the wedding, but I was like, oh my God. How's that for something? Hell yeah. We decided to have the complete wedding, the destination, at the resort that we initially shot at. Oh my God. So it it all kind of tied back together in this weird way. And it's important to have like faith that life kind of works out. Yes. And it's not like I was given what I have. Like I had years of like making a YouTube video, no one's watching, fuck this shit. (laughs) Like super frustrated with my own art and coming home from a bad mic and this and that. But Mm -hmm. for anything creative or any passion people have, you just got to stay in the game and find a way to Trust that things will fall into place when they're meant to. So you guys are doing that. You got your holy trinity and you're, you're all making good content. So... Keep, keep it going and dude thanks again for doing thanks the for show thanks for having me man I appreciate yeah. it this time flew by for sure we just did uh, yeah, how long an hour we? that was an hour? yeah for about 55 minutes I felt like 30 minutes I know my camera stayed on we went through see I like the hills are like an energy vortex so I like to go to places that that have like this rush of energy uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then just say some mantras have a good vibe yeah and I don't know maybe that's my bad no that, well, I mean that did not seem like an hour yeah